2: Black and Gold Hockey Podcast is powered by betonline.ag and in partnership with the Black and Gold Production Sports Media Company. This is season five, episode 240, and I'm your host, Mark Arrin, alongside co-host Heather Ingeson. What up, what up, Heather?
0: Happy Sunday, my friend, just here to record some Bruins.
2: Yeah, we do have a lot to talk to, uh, talk about, sorry, talk to, Jesus, <laughs> we have a lot to talk about uh, this week, uh, so we did, uh, we did get together and I uh, thought we, uh, well, you did anyway, <laughs> Um Well, I I sent you a bunch of uh, topic items.
0: No, we did half and half. I had started stuff, but then, like I said, I was a little wonky yesterday, so I didn't get really to it. So last night, I just took whatever you dm me and whatever I had on there and had intended to put on there before I decided, like, you know what? (laughs) Get this agenda done at some other time. But I think we've got some stuff to talk about, considering it's the off-season, so good things. But...
2: BetOnline.ag has the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball is in full swing, and you can track all the action at BetOnline.ag. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including Major League Baseball, the National Football League. That's right, folks, football is back. PGA Tour golf and all your UFC and MMA action. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline.ag has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Before the next baseball pitch or the next 50-foot putt for eagle, head over to BetOnline.ag on your laptop or mobile device. Take advantage of the 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, folks. Get in on the action at BetOnline.ag. Don't forget to use the promo code CLNS50. That's clns 50 to receive a fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit, betonline.ag. Your online sportsbook experts. All right, Heather, let's let's rock and roll this Sunday afternoon recording uh, and talk some bees because that's what we do every week. We we clam, we we dig, we we find news that we can talk about to uh, provide our listeners with some decent quality content. And uh, so let's uh, let's get started,
0: huh? Well, we certainly try. Well, that as always, we like to try to start with something just a little light. So we just wanted to say happy birthday to Andy Brickley's birthday was this week and everybody loves Andy Brickley. So just hello, sir. Happy birthday. If for some freak reason you are listening to our podcast.
2: Happy birthday, Brick. Um, I've been uh, watching this guy forever, it seems, when he came to the Boston Bruins in the 80s um, and then you know, after retired, came back to Boston as a, um, as a TV color analyst. And um, I really like the way he talks about the game. He breaks down yeah. very well, um, you know, and, and uh, I think people like him are very important to, um, to old uh, hockey fans and new as a, as a way to, uh, to learn more about the game and, and how to explain certain situations and, and if it's right or wrong and so on. But uh He's, a, he's just a great person. I've met him several times, and he's a great person to talk to. So uh, happy birthday, sir. And I can't wait to hear um, you and Jack on the uh, airwaves uh,
0: this coming season. Yeah, definitely. You know, I think Jack Edwards better have. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I actually thought for a second, is it generational because of my age about Andy Brickley? But then I was like, no, man, because he's been around for everyone. So now, like, generations have – or at least a generation has grown up with him as a color. And, you know, like the – helping like you said spreading his analytical knowledge of the game and when i say analytical not necessarily numbers but just how you actually play a game you know yep. the yep. physics of, all of it and uh yeah he's awesome and we all love andy brickley so happy birthday andy brickley um so it was kind of slow news this week to start off and then things started happening but at the top of the week and i couldn't believe that you didn't send this to me because I thought you'd be all over this because of your love of Bruce Cassidy but Bruce Cassidy was named an assistant coach to team Canada for 2022 in the Beijing Olympics congratulations coach what do you think you think that's good uh he's gonna be on uh John Cooper is the head coach and then Barry Trotz and Peter Dubois or whatever and I mean Dubois I don't know. I yeah. always say, goodbye, even though I know it's not that <laughs>
2: good. Oh, what an honor, you know, uh, to, you know, he was born in Canada and, um, you know, now he's going to be uh, an assistant bench boss, um, behind the bench in the Olympics. That's just, that's just awesome. That's like the top of the pinnacle, in my opinion, when you can represent that's... your country like that, yeah. you know? So, um, uh, congratulations to Bruce. I, I continue to believe that he's a, just an uh, unbelievable coach. Um, so far, regardless of his critics and whatever, I think he does a great job, and you know, and he's. Um, I'm looking forward to this team. This team this year is really getting me excited, and I know that folks don't really believe much into that because of the moves that were made, but I think that we we kind of restructured what we needed to do, especially on the bottom six, and 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 I think Bruce had a big deal in identifying that and relaying it to the management, and saying. You know, this is what we need, much like John Cooper did. I listened to a podcast not long ago about him identifying that we need a better bottom six. And they went out and got complimentary players and low money deals to get those guys in. And look what happened. Two Stanley Cups in a row. So, you know, I, I like Bruce. I like the way he t- coaches. And, and, you know, everybody's accountable, even the, even himself and the members of his staff down to the players on the
0: ice. So, um yeah, it's a, it's a great honor for him. It's a high honor I think in Canada to be one of the four, you know, like I mean and obviously I mean that's a hell of a coaching staff when you put them together, you know. I suppose But yeah, that that's good for him and that that must be a high honor in Canada of all the Canadian coaches out there uh past and present or uh, even just in all the different levels and then i thought isn't that funny that the nhl will let their coaches to go to the olympics but they're not sure they want to let their players players, that seems kind of stupid that seems kind of stupid like i'm just saying if you're gonna have if the players go you know like two of his players at least are probably on team canada you know what i mean like it just whatever it I, you know, I want them to go to the Olympics. If they're letting the coaches go, it's going to be a hard sell to the, uh, I think the players association that the players can't, I mean, it's not every single player. It's only really your big name players. And I understand the risk of injury and all of that, but again, people, it's for your national honor, you know? Yep. And also I just team USA. This could be it. This could yeah. be it that we assemble the pack that can do it. Okay. So Anyways, that was very exciting. And then then stuff started to happen, and then Fabian uh, LaSalle signed his entry-level contract. That was very exciting. Yes, I'm sure that made you very happy. Uh, So our first-round draft pick, signed, sealed, delivered. Let's see what uh, P.J. Axelson and them have found us over there in Europe, the European Scouts. So what were your thoughts on this? Um,
2: A little story to this. Uh, If you read Twitter, um, I I didn't say it, but... um... Uh, a couple of the people that I absolutely respect in the, in the hockey world mentioned that uh, he was signed by his uh, Lulia team in the SHL. That's the Swedish Hockey League. And um, they weren't going to put him at the top level in that league. They wanted to put him in a year of development in their, um, in their system below. Uh, and he felt that he was ready uh, to, to take that big step in his, in his hockey career. And uh, but the Lilia management didn't didn't feel that way, so he pretty much uh, signed an entry level deal, and he's um, coming to North America to um, to prove that. And I think it's a, a huge confidence move for a young man like himself, eighteen year old, uh, who thinks he can play um, at the top level or or one of the top levels of development in the in the world. So um, should we talk about uh, where he could play?
0: Yeah, well, I was going to say that, you know, he did pretty well on the under-18 team in the World Juniors there. He had three goals and six assists in seven games in a yep. tournament. That's pretty good numbers. And I understand, but that's really where you kind of see the next generation of, hot, you know, superstars in the world, right, all on the same ice. Yep. Uh, and he's going to make nine nine hundred uh, $925,000 a year. We did, I forgot to mention the uh, – actual entry level contract for three years that he now has. Where do you think he's gonna end up? Well this so
2: all right so if he if he goes to the American hockey league he's not making uh nine hundred and twenty five thousand. I, okay. I know you know that but just to the to the the listeners and the people who don't know much about the salary cap probably make about 70, 90 grand in that in that range a year in the AHL. Um but there's a rumor that he might even go to the WHL with the Vancouver Giants. Uh, that's, and if, if anybody knows the dub at all, that's pretty much where uh, Milan Lucic got his start um, with the Giants. So um, I feel that that would be good for his development. I think that'd be a great start. I'm, I'm, I'm having a, a hard time just feeling this out. International ice is obviously bigger. We talk about it all the time. Mm-hmm. I think that he's gonna possibly go to Vancouver one season, get the experience he needs. The dub is a very hard league to play in. I mean, it is like the East Coast hockey league out there. It's a wild west, basically. He will learn to use those skill, the skill set that he has in a league that is defensive minded and and can and can be aggressive. Let's put it that way. Yeah. So he He's learning a lot of different angles that can come right into the uh, American Hockey League the following season and the NHL ultimately at the end. So um, wherever he goes, I, I think it's going to be confident. He's going gonna to have a boatload of confidence. Um, just the, the moves that I tweeted out a, um, a video the other day, which was uh, I was shocked. The end-to-end rush and going through splitting defense was just amazing. So lots of good good attributes this kid has so far, and, and I'm looking forward to wherever he's going to watch. I hope it – I kind of hope it is in the W because, you know, you know, me and my hockey fix, you watch a Bruins game. And then at 1030 at night out in the West, you could watch um, uh, a, a WHL game and follow up on his progress. So um, if he goes to the Providence Bruins, good for him. Then that means the management really, really believes in in, in his abilities to play in a mixed league of of ages and not just what we're seeing uh, like from an under 20 uh, tournament and so on. So, Good things, but um, I'm, I'm happy.
0: Hey, actually, it kind of makes you wonder because he does have a nice little skill set you can see going on. That it would almost make sense that he would play in the West maybe a year before he goes to the AHL because that he is young. You know, he's not like a 22 year old. He's a baby. Yep. You know, he's barely also, old enough to like buy a pack of butts. He's not even <laughs> old enough to buy a pack of butts anymore. So. Um, also, it just uh, makes sense before the AHL to give him that one year on North American ice to, like you said, learn more of how, like, this is how fast and aggra- like you're used to fast pace, but the more aggressive, like we always talk about, there's more physicality in North American hockey.
2: Yeah. Also, also keep in mind too, that if he does go to the WHL, the contract is East Coast, his entry level contract um, uh, year slides. Mm-hmm. So if he goes to the dub, and a uh, year after he comes to Providence, that's when he'll start his three-year entry level.
0: And that's pretty good pace because then that, what, puts him on track. You say even if he ends up two years down in the AHL, that still means by like 22 you you know, hopefully yeah, fully he's nice and ready maybe for the hopefully, NHL. Yeah, hopefully earlier maybe you could start getting him in. But, again, something's got to give within our system, you know, because now we just have a whole lot of – stuff too, you know. So that's good though. Um it's been a while since we've had a first round pick. And yeah. uh, you know, he seems very solid. Not that I think that's necessarily been atrocious but we'll move on so that I don't we don't have to hear the hate mail. Like this is a great podcast. Only Heather's an idiot because she doesn't know about drafting. You're right, <laughs> I don't all right. Uh that being said nice to have you coming over to North America because I think that's really ultimately is he probably thought, why the hell do I want to play like in the junior league here when I can start my transition to go towards my NHL career as should be my career path. So that's good on you. Whoever's in charge of you and your, uh, yeah, their advisors are probably. Yeah, they, I'm like, at this notch. point, they all have an entourage. They've got like their oh, yeah. doctor and their own sports like therapists oh, yeah. that are also reiki, med- meditation people or whatever. So uh, that's that. OK, so moving on, um, we had some coaching and uh, front office appointments this week. So first of all, we'd like to say Bruins alumni Chris Kelly is now an assistant coach for the Boston Bruins. Uh, we had already talked about this. Turns out Andrew was right, okay? I had a split view on it, the opposite of what actually happened, at least for now. You thought it was all in on the front way or whatever, and Andrew turns out to be right. So I just want to say that because he wanted to make sure everyone knew he was right about yeah. what yeah. so, Congratulations, you know, Andrew.
2: You, Congratulations. You won. yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, that was, that was a fun podcast last week. Andrew Taverna follow him at Andrew Taverna and also follow the puck lines hockey podcast and they have a new YouTube channel too. So please go subscribe to them. They're a good bunch of people over there.
0: Yeah, they are. So that being said, Chris Kelly, uh, yeah, he's on the bench. You think, I don't know. Like, I don't know how you end up ultimately deciding who's going to have what position, but Chris Kelly had a nice long career, Was again in that kind of generation of the first transition from this style of hockey to this style of hockey, also Stanley Cup champion. So,
2: absolutely love our
0: alumni in Boston.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I think he's gonna do good. I think that he's one of those, um, um, you know, he's a coach's coach. Let's just put it that way a player's coach, whatever you want. Um, A good communicator. Uh, works well with the the younger youth and pretty much, you know, one of the reasons why he was brought in here too was, was to be the mentor and the player, which ultimately, you know, was a, ni- a nice complimentary piece into the 2011 Stanley cup for the Boston Bruins. So um, I think that he's, he's just learned so much in his, in his experience that he's going to, you know, offer it down to um, a veteran or a, a younger player that's uh, trying to crack the lineup. So, I think it's a, I think it's a solid move um but um you know it's just gonna it all depends on uh what the product on the ice is gonna look like and and your offensive capabilities on five on five we need a better power play and, and all this and I think that he'll provide a, a valued um, um, you know amount of tutelage to to people that want to learn and, and, and win. So uh, congratulations to Chris Kelly and welcome back to Boston. And he's been, he's been around uh, Providence. I mean, last year he was in Providence uh, and the year before that, I even saw him uh, when I was in the press box and, and, you know, you look across the way in one of the suites, you could see Don Sweeney, Adam McQuaid was up there and and so on. So uh, you could see that something was in the works that that he, he wanted to be involved and so on. So this was just the um, uh, the latter part of, you know, getting a job like this. And ultimately, you know, he is the uh, assistant coach uh, to fill in for uh,
0: Jay Pandolfo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that it'll be. I don't want to say it'll obviously be different. That's stupid. That's rhetorical, you know, whatever. But I feel like he's kind of the same ilk as Jay Pandolfo. They're kind of the same age and like or kind of the same a lot played in the same era, a lot um, just mind wise, like how they saw the game when they were playing. Cause obviously every generation sees it a little different. I mean, you can say that in any sport, right? The kids that play basketball today professionally or not when we were kids and into our teenage years or whatever, in the golden ages of the bulls or not. Um, I think it's a good addition. I just, he, Kelly, Kelly was one of those guys that are really good players, but some, you know, not all players that end up on multiple teams is because of something about them. Sometimes it is their skill set that teams seek out when they have the opportunity. Also, Peter Chiarelli just kind of had free reign to bring anyone he liked from Ottawa into his new yeah. team in the Bruins. So, uh, yeah. but that, but you are right in that he certainly he um, and even like Peverly to an extent, they kind of rounded out. Helping Mark Recchi kind of help a lot of these young kids gel into what ultimately our ragtag group of boys ended up Stanley Cup champions, you know, so yep. that'll be good in there. But speaking of another 2011 Stanley Cup champion, right? Did I do that one? No. Adam McQuaid has been named into player development. You that is a call that you definitely saw coming. I really thought he was going to go into coaching maybe in Providence. But what do you know? So where do you I mean? He played mostly here, right? And then he had Columbus a year or something. It's just injuries add up, you know, and whatever. But he's a very smart defensive hockey player. Uh, you know, not your superstar hockey player, but you're kind of constant. Like we talk about, like, uh, Carlo kind of has that element where he's just you're slow and steady, always there, take one, you know, doing yep. your job. And uh, I think that's going to be interesting watching him just because of... It's like he's going to bring maybe try to start helping recruit and develop more of, like we talked about, like, so what? So, like, maybe you're a smaller defenseman. You can still be tough, like, you know, like and you don't have to be, like, idiotic tough, you know, and maybe round out some of these, especially the ones we're coming up through the system now than the last few years that we've drafted or, you know, and have come in. Uh, So I think that would be really good. What do you think, Adam McQuaid? Adam McQuaid's always all right by me. I know some people don't, you know, didn't really like Quader, but. I'm all right without yeah. any diehard Bruins, you know. Yeah, it's uh, it's a good move. I think that it addresses
2: uh, several issues in in player development. Um, you do want to, I, this, this Boston Bruins team needs to get a little bit of nasty, and and why not have a guy that was pretty freaking nasty on the ice that could hit, that could fight, and 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 stick up for a teammate. Um, having him around to, uh, preach that type of game and get back. Now, I'm not saying big, bad Bruins. We're not going to probably get there. That's an old, old cliche, but you know, be it tougher around the net where, where some teams like the Tampa Bay lightning have addressed in certain areas, their physicality to, to ultimately wear down other teams, uh, to win it, to win cups and multiple at that. So I think that he'll provide that type of, that, you know, player jam that, that, um, that these kids need um, you, you know you you just don't step into the NHL anymore and have the complete package you have to be you know taught certain things and I think that his voice and and with his experience is going to be huge um, in, in in the uh, in any locker room that he visits or or any team function that um, workouts are needed and practice and so on so um, yeah I think it's a good addition another one I saw coming uh, with him down in Providence it's just Something that they would just, uh, you know, um, dipping their toes lightly in, in the AHL, would watching that type of action ultimately getting the job this summer. So congratulations to the to the Mister McWade.
0: Yeah, I, I w- I'd say with Adam McWade too is he's going to teach the kids how to be nasty, right? Yes. He, he was a tough player, but he's he was never a dirty player. Like you never would think an opponent would accuse. I mean everybody has their moments when they act like a jerk. I'm sure he had. But overall, like, he's a gentleman player. He was a you know, he wasn't the tough guy, but he was a tough guy you didn't want to go against right. because he could stand his ground and I mean, also any dude that literally will just like take out his own leg just to make sure the goal doesn't go in. It's like, all right. But anyone who's all in that much on their job, but that, I think that's important too, because we live in a weird world. Like we've talked about, right? Like when we were kids, like you could just people up on the ice, just like people could just smash each other's teeth. In, not because it was okay, but because obviously that's just part of what the culture was. And Now we kind of swung the other way where there are no enforcers, like we don't really need like the goon type enforcers, but there's not really as many stand-up guys, and some of those stand-up guys, I'm not naming any names, Tom Wilson, are kind of dangerous jerks. So, like, we you need more of the influence of people like an Adam McQuaid and players like that know how to do it right without potentially hurting somebody else or whatever. That's not that shouldn't be your intent. Your intent is like people say, when you throw a check, your intent is supposed to be to get somebody off a puck, not to friggin break their neck or whatever kind of thing, you know. Yep. Uh, but yeah, so that'll be a good one. And um so Providence has a new coach. Yes,
1: yeah. Yep. Yeah, very
2: Very exciting. excited. Yeah, it's um it's uh, I had I had this news. Um I, I didn't break it or anything. I just you know, my 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 source um came through again back in early. Uh, the first of this month or late july and uh, i did a little bit of investigating and and talked to a few people and you know they were telling me that uh ryan uh moganell was um was the the front runner for the job Uh, and john ferguson jr was really high on him and and um and they had a really good relationship and 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 ferguson thought that you know he was definitely the man um, and I think that it kind of overleaped, um, uh, Trent Ridfield a little bit, but it seems that as of right now, Trent Ridfield is going to be Ryan's assistant. So, uh, he's, I think he's going to be a good coach. He hasn't been a head coach in so many years. He's been an assistant. I think the last time he was a, a head coach was in the Las Vegas Wranglers of the East Coast Hockey League, the original, uh, Las Vegas team back in the day. Um, but uh, has been an assistant bench boss uh, there on, uh, I think, with the San Jose uh, organization uh, in Worcester and in um, in San Jose. So, um, oh, yeah, the Barracuda. Um, So, I mean, he's another great guy. Um, I haven't talked to him much. I think I interviewed him once uh, the year before last. Um, Good, Just a good guy, good um, structure when it comes down to systems. I think he learned well, and uh, definitely, uh, I didn't go to development camp this year. It was kind of unfortunate. And I know we talked about it last week with Andrew, and probably the week before with just when we we were doing it. But um, he was he was a, a big voice in development camp, and that kind of tells you where um, coaches are going. You know, like like before this, it was Jay Leach, and he had a big voice development camp and running the running the uh, the systems and so on. And um and obviously he got promoted to be the the head coach when Bruce Cassidy uh, left. So it, there's a there's a path that, that that's weaved um or paved uh, here when you get to these jobs, and you could definitely see it coming. So congratulations to Ryan, and I'm super stoked about this Providence Bruins freaking uh, lineup. I got an article that's coming out right now uh, soon uh, this week about my expectations, and actually. The the idea for this article came from somebody else, uh, from my friend Dom Tiano on Twitter. Uh, he got the guys together, uh, his friends, and uh, produced a um, a lineup, an idea of what the Providence Jones lineup came out. And wouldn't you know it, I had the, basically the same thing, maybe a one or two tweaks, but it was basically right on. So I'm going to involve that tweet and 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 talk about the players that they they got. So. I don't, I didn't want to be, you know, blamed for cherry picking or stealing any information. So why not incorporate what they tweeted out into, into the article and just talk about it to make, uh, you know, make everything peaceful.
0: <laughs> Everybody gets their information from somewhere. The important uh, I thing know. is, I know. do you let people know that just so you know, this is where I got my information. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? So that's we're- called respectful there used to be this thing called plagiarism when i was <laughs> in no, i'm just kidding and i'm no not to like sidebar for a second legitimately when i used to teach there was a whole thing and whatever obviously I'm, i can't get into actual details but the long and the short of it it was this kid had copied and pasted something off the internet as his paper which kids may do it's easy to find papers online do you know what i mean yeah uh but then when we went to the office, like, at minimum, like, shouldn't this kid, like, get in trouble? Like, and get whatever. And the person says to us, but is this actually plagiarism? Yeah, guy, this is the definition of plagiarism. Yeah. You cannot, go-. And like, you didn't even try and change a few words. Or like I used to say, you don't leave me on Friday as Dr. Seuss and come back Monday as Shakespeare, it just doesn't happen that way. <laughs> like it no. just isn't, but sorry, not to go off topic, but, um, anyways, congratulations coach. Uh, things are shaping up. Uh, well, I think, I mean, I don't know, pro- things seem exciting, right? Do you want to, uh, did you want to maybe, I didn't know if you wanted to give a sneak peek to your thing or two of your lineup or name a couple names that might be are there any surprising names on the list i'm not saying reveal the list or the tweet if people have already seen it but i didn't know if you wanted to mention it since we're talking about providence and obviously i know you like to you don't have to um, um no
2: it's just uh there's i see jackson um being on the ahl roster um and I'm looking forward to Oscar Steen taking a big leap. Um, Samuel Asseline, I'm looking forward to seeing another year. Uh, Curtis Hall, uh, a full season of the AHL is going to be good for him. Um, Jakob Lalko, of course. And uh, this Jesper Froden, I'm actually looking really uh, forward to him. And uh, Victor Berglund's coming to North America this year, finally. Uh, so he'll yeah. play for Providence. Another year of Brady Lyle and Jack Ashan. So I'm looking forward to that and uh, i see yerho backanian and uh back down in the nhl for i believe his final year of his entry level deal so we'll see what happens uh that's just a couple names that i'm just going to you know talk about but it should be a should be a solid lineup i mean up and down i mean the last two seasons for providence have been you know, if there was no pandemic at all, I could have them, I, I would schedule them in for a, a long Calder Cup run and winning at least one out of the two years. That's the type of lineup they had. And, and you know, it, it, it was an abbreviated season last year. They played 25 games and they only played two teams in their division of three. It, I get that and so on. But what you see on the ice and the systems that were in place into these players was something special, and I think that if it was an, a seventy-two game, seventy-six game regular season with travel and you know included and 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 expanded um, teams in the Atlantic Division, I really think that this this Providence Bruins team could do some damage. It also it also it weighs heavily on how the NHL level the Boston Bruins do for injuries because when. And we 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 know as Bruins fans, the beginning of the year is always a tough one. But it's also tough on the American Hockey League level because of the the, uh, the the transitioning in and out of players because you need coverage at the higher levels. So I mean, the AHL is that middle point of your organization because you get players, the a system from the East Coast Hockey League, go up to the American Hockey League, and the American Hockey League, go to the AHL and NHL. So, um. If everybody can stay healthy at the NHL level, man, this was this, this Providence Bruins team could definitely jump out, uh, in this Atlantic division quickly and, um, you know, secure a Stanley, I mean, uh, call the cup, uh, playoff, post uh, postseason berth by February. You know, I'm just, I'm, you know, figuratively speaking and so on, but I, I have a good feeling balling. about this team.
0: I'm just, um, yeah, I mean, I think it. I think I'm happy mostly, obviously, I'm not like a super uh, AHL, like watching all the games or whatever, but I keep an eye. I think it's good. I'm most happy that there's more opportunities for these kids to play. And these, you know, people who maybe you know, the AHL is their level that they're getting to, but they play every, you know, they have a career, you know, and having to only play like the same couple teams, like that's, that's almost more torturous than the have to stay in the hotel room and not even talk to your teammates. Cause it's the same people and you can't even hang out with them. You got to hang out 27 times together, but you can't actually hang out and at least talk to the
2: funny thing yeah. about the last year. And I know I, I kind of feel what you're, what you're talking about um, is they played Bridgeport and Hartford, but, yeah. but even, even if there was no pandemic and it was a 76 game regular season, they would still play the same teams the same amount of times. Like, like the AHL doesn't travel much. They, I mean, some teams right. do and so on, but like the Atlantic, they really don't because the teams are kind of tight together. Yeah. So they play Hartford 12 times. They play yeah. Bridgeport 12 times. They'll play Springfield 12 times, you know, and it's just, you you can create some hatred in in how many times you see that, you know? So,
0: well, I just mean it's, it's better to be able to play three or four different teams than it is to only play the same two teams is what I mean. Do you know? Cause then you get to really know that opponent and then, you know, but it does, I don't know how that helps you develop mentally, like learning, going into new situations, having varied appointments that uh, op- opponents appointments, Jesus, do I have Sunday brain or what? So weird. It's like being, It's like almost like I was drinking, but I really wasn't. My brain is just like that. I don't know. Okay, well, we're going to move on from that. It's going to be exciting with the kids, uh, you know, whatever happens with LaSalle when he comes over and see how Providence rolls out. I just would like to have, you know, just to know if something goes wrong on the top team, that there are some people that are getting rounded out as players that we can pull up as necessary to help fill in. And I will always say the kids, when they do come up, they always look good, but then people get fucking crazy like, oh, oh and yeah. now Jags to clearly is our top line center or whatever. Okay, that's cool. Yeah,
2: he will. He will be in, in the AHL. Yeah, <laughs> I hate to hate to see.
0: he I will hate be. And maybe someday, maybe in the NHL somewhere. But currently, it's not here this year. On these, I, cards.
2: I believe I, I'm just to just to you know go a little bit on this just to um, I believe Jack will have a better. Um, path to the NHL after next season. So when you make some, when you make some departures of uh, certain players, I think that uh, he'll seamlessly fit right in there after he signs a, a two way deal.
0: Yeah, well, that's my whole point though. Is everybody has to wait their turn, and we also as much as we might love somebody and can't wait to see them, sometimes it's not quite time to see them. And we'll, I mean, that doesn't mean I'm sure we'll see Jackson Nika if someone gets hurt or something, yeah. I mean, you know, but yep. um, I just mean, everyone calm down. We get so crazy, especially as Bruins fans. And I'm sure other fan bases probably feel this way about their fan bases too. Like there's elements, but I don't know. Like it's almost like people love the team so much. They have nothing to do, but hate on the team. Like, yeah. I don't like a lot of things that happen with the Bruins. I don't have to hate on people, but I'm also allowed to express some hatred. But I'm not a psychopath. Like, some people seem like psychopaths. Oh and the most crazy people have the worst takes that there are out there. Like, the most right, convinced people. I'm not
2: Stay trying to right, off of Facebook and their groups. Just- it's a shitstorm. It's terrible. Yeah. Like, I, I, we wrote an article about, um, uh, actually, Sam Minton, new uh, b and writer, wrote an article about the breaking news of the coaches hires of uh, Chris Kelly and Ryan Muggall. and um and I posted it on a Facebook group and somebody says coaches why are we getting coaches when we need goal scorers and he was all this is this team's pathetic and it's like what <laughs> what is wrong with you people <laughs> it's almost like people think that the coaches are on the salary cap like you know
0: it's like come I on. just want to shake my head. Oh, I do all First the time. Of all, we I, also need coaches. That's the stupid yeah, thing just my, in itself. if you, my even new if thing, you don't my new, care about the salary cap.
2: My new thing for um for the, the whiners on Facebook is just a, a little girl uh, on the ground in a pile of leaves just freaking flapping her arms and, and legs crying. I don't even say anything anymore. I just post that GIF.
0: <laughs> well, my, my favorite part is how most of us... Uh, Like, you know why I don't care and why I don't really fight with people on Facebook? Well, I'm not on Facebook, but on Twitter, say, it's because I know one thing to be true. I am just a fan with an opinion and I hope to sometimes at least be an intelligent fan, but it is not worth the energy to fight with people like everyone thinks their opinion is fact and it's sometimes not. A yeah. fact. It's just your fact, and that's cool. Everyone can have their truths, like yeah. you know what I mean. But at the same time, like you need a hobby if the only thing you have, you know. Like I always joke about that Nick Richie person. Finally, I was like, "All right, tell me, is this Nick Richie? <laughs> that would be okay." <laughs> with- burner account. <laughs> no, like everyone else. Yeah, exactly. Like everyone, shut up. It, like, I don't know who you are person, but I'm allowed to my opinion, unless this is Nick Richie and it's okay. If you're a little offended by my opinion, cause you are actually Nick Richie, which clearly it wasn't, you know, but like you said, like, is this Nick Ritchie's or Like what is going on? Like God, when there's this one girl, that's not all, you know, feeling like oh. a kickstand over him. Uh, But yeah. So anyways, Bruins fans, we are getting into the dog days of summer, the rough, like I tweeted yesterday Now we're 62 days away from the season. There's a lot of damage we can do to one another. Remember, we're all the same family. We're all the same people who... Actually, I can't say that because this is the Bruins fans' world even if we win a Stanley Cup, there will still be at least 25% of Bruins fans that are like, meh, they shouldn't have won. They should have lost game five. Why'd they win game five? You know, whatever. So anyways, I don't know. These are the things that go on in my brain in the offseason. I'm like, Jesus, like I hear Kesha's cannibal in the back of my head every time I see Bruins fans interacting on Twitter and such. Okay, so the NHL released the start times and like the schedule. Cause I, I, I didn't understand they should have done like two and two like sets of games or whatever. That's what I thought. Uh, but what do I know? I'm just one girl on this podcast, but mixed reviews fans. I saw it. I know we've ha- we know some people who are not very happy about some of these times or just how it was like done. Uh, what were your thoughts on the schedule released? All the teams got their times or the schedules that had been released what last week maybe, uh, but I do want to say looking at the schedule,
2: I found it weird that we were entrenched in believing that that um you know there's going to be g- road games and we see teams twice. I really didn't see that at all in the schedule this year, which I was kind of uh, shocked about because I thought that that's where they were going. Um. You know, if you go down to, to Tampa Bay or, or or down to Miami, you play them twice and so on, so the players can get relaxed and and, and see the sights and and so on, and kind of you know, it's like a mental thing for these players. You don't just rush into a city, uh, play a game, and then rush out of there. You know, you cut down on travel and so on because it's. I think that's important for the body. You know, to to relax and not be on the on a plane all the time. So. Okay. Uh I I found that a little strange, but um I'm happy that the dates are out and times are out and so on. And you know, just it's it's two months away, man. It's like I'm 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 ready. I'm I'm just like so ready for this.
0: So that being said, we start the start time seven o'clock for the We rarely start at home, but we have a home opener versus Dallas as our first game on Saturday, October 16th. Uh, Mark your calendars if you haven't already. If you're a diehard, you already have noted this. But, uh, yeah, October 16th, it seems so far away. Luckily for people like me, football season's starting, so at least there's something to do. So I don't feel such a void just Um, me. On some soccer here and there. But well, what are you puck, gonna do? No.
2: The <laughs> puck Line, the puck lines podcast host Andrew Taverna mentioned too that when he was looking at looking it over the schedule, he noticed that there was only two 1230 games and every everything else is seven o'clock. So that was kind of strange because yeah. we've been we've been known to have Bruins uh Bruins games um noon one o'clock's a lot in the schedule, and uh this year there's only two. And I I guess Andrew wasn't a fan of the, the early games. I I mean, I didn't mind them, but I, I, you know, I would much rather, you know, not work and and have games at 1230 and, you know, but
0: uh, I, I don't understand. Like, I do think like every team should have a couple, like, you know, Saturday matinee game or whatever. Maybe that's just me because I think there's something, I don't know, like if I Like, if I want to bring my family in, right? Like, if I go into a Bruins game with you, that's different. Like, if me, you, and Barry and Court are there, because we have a different element. I don't have my kids. But if I have kids and I want to bring them, right, like my 7-year-old, I don't want to bring him to a 7 o'clock game on a Tuesday because he has school in the morning, or even if I let him, skip, like, that's miserable. It's way more fun to get up and get on the train first thing in the morning or whatever, drive in, hang out, make it a thing, have dinner, go home, or whatever you want to do, that day um but you know what it annoyed me last year when they'd have like a five o'clock start time the hell kind of game when two of those teams are playing do you need a five o'clock start time for any situation on a Sunday on a Monday like it was just weird to me but um I I do think it's I think that everybody should have a couple you know one o'clock you know, 30, 1 o'clock start times. And they do seem to have an absorbing amount of 7, 7.30, unless we're in the West like Calgary. And I always find it weird when Calgary, why do we have to play them at 10.30? Why can't we play them at 9.30, which would make it 7.30, I think, in Calgary. Like, yeah. I don't know that to be true. I might be getting them confused in the time zones out there where the West and the mountains switch over. But I don't know. I, I just feel like, Seven o'clock on a weekday is the good time. And now that's less, I don't know. I just feel like you could draw a different crowd, like for a weekend, make it like an event. It, I feel like that kind of goes back to bad marketing on the NHL's part. Like they're missing kind of an intense revenue stream that would kind of help, I guess, individual teams really make a good amount of money. I know you're going to get a lot when it's... um. You know, for every beer you're not selling because a family brought their kids there, that is $200 worth of stupid things like a T-shirt and a stuffed animal and a mini stick and a whatever that you are going to sell in merchandise and things like that. And it just seems to me that having a few more earlier start times, and I don't know what anybody else is. I haven't compared all 32 teams' schedules to see what they uh-uh. look like. But you're missing, it seems to me, like a good way to kind of it make an event of it and maybe draw in some quick money to help make up. I mean, isn't that their goal in the next three yeah. years to make oh, some yeah. quick money back? And that's better than some hideous reverse retro jerseys, NHL or whatever, you know, I mean, there's only X amount of teams you could conceivably do one day and have all the teams play, one set at whatever and you get it in your market and the other set at seven o'clock and just make it like a whole festival of whatever they put it around it doesn't have to just be the winter classic like I don't know I just don't feel like I I don't know that's just it I don't know why I'm rambling on about the goddamn start times because really (laughs) it's not that important because I'm gonna watch the stupid game or listen to it no matter what time it starts uh And I look forward to, because I like to listen to, I'm in the car a lot and I end up listening to the game on the radio sometimes in and out in between. And, you know, I kind of miss Beersy's voice. Like, just like he's, he's like brick. He likes kind of a settling tone of voice to me, smart guy, you know, but kind of like my friend's uncle (laughs) sitting across from me at, at the, in the living room there on the couch or whatever. But all right. So that's the big excitement on that. I'm sorry. So, anyway, seven o'clock, October 16th, blah, blah, blah. All right. Well, this is something that some people were all excited about. I just retweeted it because I figured some Bruins fans would want to know. But uh, Joe Thornton, after 23 seasons, is apparently going to play again. Only now he's going to be a Florida Panther. Um, I didn't know your thoughts on this. Uh, Full disclaimer, I'm not a giant. I respect Joe Thornton as a Joe Thornton but I don't love Joe Thornton even when he was a Bruin. Yeah. Uh, I kind of wish he would retire. I don't know what purpose he's continuing besides just he's a competitor. You know, I understand that, respect that. But for the same arguments we make with like Chara, like you don't want to see superstars go out on their last leg, literally kind of thing, you know? so. Yeah. But good on Joe. What are your thoughts on Joe Thornton?
2: Hey, a guy wants to continue his career and, and, and Florida wants to sign him and it is what it is. He's now in our division, so uh, we'll see him a lot more. But, um, you know, why not? And, you know, it, it, players like him will always gravitate to the teams that they believe have have um, a good intention of winning and, and um, you know, their structure, their, their team and so on. But, um, you know, if he believes that Florida is, is one step closer to – to you know, making um a long Stanley Cup run, then good for him. And uh and Florida did do a lot of really good things in this offseason. So they're they're you know, they're gonna be a team to be reckoned with, I'll tell you that right now. I, they probably won't be the best Florida team, but they'll be a team that um that is gonna be uh up in the uh standings if you um in my opinion.
0: Yeah so the success they kind of had in the way we had the divisions last year I think Florida has been for a little bit spinning their wheels, trying to get the traction to get and It, it can't be easy and you have to share the state with Tampa Bay or whatever, but um, yeah, I mean, I think that they're a growing young team and they could use his leadership down there if anything and whatever. I don't hate Joe Thornton or anything like that. Like, but sometimes this is just the argument of like when athletes need to know when to, maybe it's time. I mean, they're only slightly young. Joe Thornton is only a year younger than me. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. So I'm not. I, I can only imagine how tired his body must feel on some days. So, right. Um, that's that. But okay. So um, Cassidy made some comments. in And uh, Ty Anderson wrote an article talking about uh, it mentioned about Cassidy's thoughts maybe on a – to caress come back to the Bruins I don't know how to word this yeah um her Ty Anderson article you had brought up which I had read earlier and forgot about until you branched it so thank you shout out to Ty Anderson who we both love and respect a lot you know uh his information and I just think he's a funny guy like I like the way he responds and I'm glad he's got his pep back in his step and uh yeah so go ahead what what do you think about this
2: on, on August 14th, Ty Anderson wrote an article for 98.5 Sports Hub, the Bruins do not believe Tukarask is done. Um, so uh, Bruce Cassidy was on TSN 1200 in Ottawa earlier this week and asked if he believes Tukarask will play another NHL game. And um, he says that would be his call at the end of the day. Um, and uh, he, and in quotes, uh, said... It's a it's a good five month rehab, so we um, so we did not want to wait and say okay, we will come back. What if the rehab goes uh, doesn't go well? Anything could happen. Cassidy acknowledged, so we identified a guy that we thought would be a good young goaltender in this league for years to come, and we happened to have one who kind of surprised us last year, Swayman how quickly he developed. And so we just figured we'll start with those two, that meaning Linnaeus Allmark and Jeremy Swayman. Um, I don't know. I just, I'm still I'm still getting mixed feelings about a Tuca Rask return, one of my favorite goaltenders of all time, um, huge fan of the Tuca. Uh, but it's just – I don't know. I mean, I i don't know how, how I feel about this. I just I, – if he's not going to play with another team and he refused to sign anywhere, then, you know, why not wrap it up? Uh, I, I get the the drive and the, you know, you love the game of hockey and so on. You want to play every day. and You want to get another cup and, and one is a starter. But I just don't like the situation, to be honest with you. I You know, you, you signed a $5 million a year goaltender um, for four years and you got Sway, so I just don't like the idea of, of like we, we mentioned last week and probably the week before that, about um, him coming back from his, his rehab and bumping a player that's probably having a career year, you know? What if Swayman was gonna, is going to be like unbelievable? I mean, the Bruins are going to have to think about this too. It's not just on him. It's like, what are we seeing in this tandem? And and do we want to flirt with the idea of breaking it up in the chemistry that they have in goal? I don't like that idea. And it's not for the fact that Jeremy Swayman will be bumped down of the AHL. I know people are freaking out about that, but
0: still, it's just I, I don't like the whole situation, you know. And I don't know. No, I, I get what you mean. I I said I think I said it last week. I, I you don't sign a four-year, 5.5 backup goaltender. Not with the fact Mark is supposed to be a... Like, the intention is he's a starting goaltender in the NHL. He's not. Some goaltenders aren't going to ever be the starter, but going to have nice careers being backup goaltenders throughout the league for many years. Um, but that's not what he's supposed to be. It's just weird to me because... We don't know what Tuca is going to be like. Like, he's a goalie who had hip surgery. Now, Tuca Rass might get really healthy and be wonderful. I don't, I agree with you in that I don't think it makes sense to disrupt a system that's been happening for six months, you know, or whatever. Like, by the time he can play, it'll be about six months, right? I don't like the idea of anyone getting bumped. That being said, if Tuca Rask is healthy, would it be asinine not to use Tuca Like, we also don't want a situation where we're still out in the second round and everyone's like, oh, if we had just gave Tuka a million dollars to play in the playoffs and let Jeremy Swayman go to the, you know. Yeah. And it, now we're in a weird position where we don't have money anyways currently that we could do, sign Tuca, you know, give Tuka money. Uh, he could give back like a million dollars of last year's salary or something. And then he could you know, whatever, we'll give him that back. But um, it's just a weird situation. Cause you, what message does that send to Swayman? But you can't just bump all Mark down to the AHL. Like you can't just say, get out of here. Right. Cause contractually he has, right. There's a whole thing. If you can't just say, see it's an NHL contract. Unlike Swayman who has the flexibility at the same time, we don't know what goaltending is going to look like in six months. What if they suck? What if there's no chemistry? What Mm -hmm. if we find the grind and tear on Swayman might be a little too much? That being said, it will look different if that situation happens. I just can't see a situation, at least this season, of Tuka Rask really being able to come back and have any way of being the starting goaltender. He's not going to see any real game action until at least February. Playoffs start early April, like normal this year or whatever, even if you, so now you're looking at, you know, he's probably out for Finland for the Olympics, right? Because that's in February. And that would be when he's, what is that going to be? His rehab is going to the Olympics or whatever for team Finland. It just seems like a weird situation where you don't what, and then he gets re-injured. It just seems stupid that you wouldn't just be going with Swayman and Almar, good, bad or ugly, definitely for this season, through this season and whatever happens, happens. I don't know. It it is a weird situation to me too, because I I also am not someone who thinks that Tuka Rask is not a spectacular goaltender and maybe he's been walking around with a hip and you know, injury or whatever. Um, I don't know. It's so hard because I don't it's not like I want to say fucking see you, Tuka, but at this point I feel like inadvertently we have moved on from the Tuka Rask era of the Bruins. Right. No matter how it happened, it wasn't he got aged out or he signed somewhere else. It's just and if, if he's going to be adamant he will only play for the Bruins, I don't think that that should factor into the Bruins' decision on what they do. They right. have to do what's best for their team. And too often we talk about, right, and sometimes that works to the fans' advantage, that the loyalty to the player works in the advantage, right? You get good players for cheap money. But on the same time, we get stuck on players because we love them so much. We can't move on from that. But um. I don't know. The goaltending situation, it's like, I don't know if I feel better or worse about goaltending this year than I did last I'm, year.
2: I'm, I feel good. I feel good about it. I'm ready to yeah. see Almack. I think he's going to be a fantastic goaltender.
0: Well, I just mean if they end up, like, putting a wrench in it and we do have Tuca come back, like, am I going to hate it? Yeah, I'm going to hate it if he comes back and he's Sucks. fucking still hurt and can't play yep. or whatever. Um, Before we take our break, because – you know again, it wasn't that heavy a news this week, so I thought we could venture off into some other NHL. But speaking of having surgeries, does it seem weird Austin Matthews would only be getting wrist surgery in August when the season starts in October? When you haven't been playing hockey since at least what early June? I don't I don't know when the first round was, I can't remember.
2: Yeah. Um, so oh, it's May. six six weeks uh recovery. So mm-hmm. I, I think he'll be I know I'm not good with the numbers. know. I here. think they
0: said like right around when training camps and stuff. Uh, See,
2: that's yeah. not so bad. That's not so bad. If it was like six months and you had it yeah. just last week, that'd be a kind of an issue.
0: Well, it <laughs> seems kind of silly though. Like when you got eliminated, you wouldn't have like got it done before all your buddies got done with the playoffs and stuff. You know, right. and some of that, I mean, you play it. I know he's from a warm weather climate, but he plays in Toronto, which is like us. They don't get warm until a certain part <laughs> of year. You could already had your rehab where it was still kind of snowy and yucky out because remember, it, it snowed until almost June this year and then it was been hot. But um, I just thought that was weird. Like, I feel like that's something you'd want done in Overwest so you can guarantee that your three bazillion dollar superstar is yeah. definitely going to be all right. What if something goes wrong with the rehab or the surgery? I'm sure it's not. They don't seem too worried about it, so it's probably not a heavy surgery. But like shit can go wrong. Also, he's like twenty three years old and has a shit ton of money. Like he could mess himself up just doing stupid, drunk twenty three year old guy things. That's right. I've seen happen with these eyes. I've seen you do shit with these eyes. That when you were (laughs) twenty three, boys are so dumb. dumb. (laughs) Okay, I okay guys, we don't think that's a good idea. But you go on. We'll just call the ambulance if you smash your skull open. That's fine. (laughs) Back then, kids, we would have had to use this thing called a pay phone for anyone at yeah. the age of 35. And Just dial like, it. Did you do one? Did you do two? My parents have like this red one in their bedroom. like, Oh, I did a seven. And then you'd have to start again.
2: Oh, that sucked.
0: Back then, that was so long ago. We were 508. All right. Let's take a break, guys.
2: Yeah. Well, let's hear from the awesome Bruce Sullivan from Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia. He's got some fantastic stuff for you, my friends. The listeners and the YouTube viewers, please go to Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia on Facebook. Follow the page. Become a member of the group. Ask Bruce questions, but also send him an email and ask him what he's got for his inventory, and he'll get right back to you with um, with what he has and prices, which are very, very good. Uh, we buy all our... Uh, hand signed jerseys from bruce at boston sports and music memorabilia we have given away a Derek sanderson jersey today on this program it is the middle of the month this is what we do every middle of the month a hand signed jersey is going to somebody special so uh stay tuned for details about the winner and uh later on so for right now let's hear from bruce and uh, we'll be right back
1: Hello, Bruins fans. This is Bruce from Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia with our Black and Gold Memorabilia Moment of the Week. We are happy to announce the Bruins legends Jerry Cheevers, Sean Thornton, Brad Park, and Phil Esposito are coming to Boston Sports and Music this August and September. To make room for our new inventory, we are blowing out our current items at huge discounts. Score Achievers autographed, inscribed, custom black jersey for just $75. Or a JSA mask photo for just 34 Take home an Esposito autographed 8x10 for just $50. Or a Brad Park 8x10 for just $30. Or grab an Esposito autographed inscribed puck for $59. Or a Brad Park puck for $34. For more information on our dozens of Bruins hand-signed pieces and your chance to win free memorabilia each week, Check us out at our Facebook page, Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia, or email us directly at bostonsportsandmusic at gmail.com. And be sure to tune in each week right here to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Let's go!
2: What's up, Bruins fans? We are back. We just heard from the awesome Bruce Sullivan, and he has some fantastic stuff. So please follow his instructions. Send him an email. Go to the Facebook page and uh, and check out what he has. The really good price stuff, and, and it's all real. I mean, when he does these signings, the players are right there, and he's taking video and he's taking pictures of it. You can't get any better than that. But we are back. We got to talk a little bit more Bruins hockey before we end this bad Larry. So Heather, where are we going now?
0: Um, David Krejci. we're all just going to agree as a fan base that we're going to disagree about David Krejci, his future of the Bruins or not the future of the Bruins or whatever. This is one of the ones that you wanted to talk about. So that's just how I'm going to open it. Can we all just get along?
2: Well, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it is stirring up some, a uh, little bit of controversy about what he's doing. Um, and, and it's, it's his right, you know, it's absolutely his right. But for me on this, on this topic narrative, whatever you want to call it, it's just, I don't know. It's just a lot of drama in my opinion. That's just, I don't know. It's kind of useless. I like David Creechie a lot. I think he's been a great player for the Boston Bruins. Um, you know, almost a point per game player and, and regardless of his, of his speed and, and what most call him, because uh, there's a lot of crachy haters out there, too, by the way. Um, Which is sure weird you, to me. I know. It's very weird. But they're probably two too haters, too. So. Um, it's just, uh, I don't know. It's just a lot of freaking drama right now. It's like, oh, you know, we're leaving the door open. It's like you're leaving the door open for two players right now that don't have contracts as as UFAs. And you have $1.8 in space. Is this really going to happen? I don't think so. I just think it's like, it's good for the media. It, it gets good articles out there, but it's also stirring the pot on, on something that's probably not going to happen in my opinion. And I, I don't see both of them coming back. I I mean, I don't know. I just, it just, the logistics, if you look at the landscape, it's just,
0: it can't, I it can't happen for both of them. Well, I still hold where I held. I've been holding. I think there's a bigger chance now. I would love for like you know my dream, in one more year, right off into the sunset, that we can finally close this door and open this door. But I stand still where I stand on this for two reasons. I think you're more likely to see David Krejci return than you are to Garask. Why? Because like in a perfect world, everything is fine, but we also still don't know how new chemistry is going to work out, what kids might pop, what things might happen in the course of the season. And again, I, I again say it's not even for me crazy necessarily this season. I can see him coming back for the playoffs to hang out with his buddies and we'll see crazy up in the box or whatever with Sweeney. I don't think I'm, I haven't totally closed the door on the idea of maybe next year, but that depends on the landscape. Also, Stop reporting things like David Krejci. There's been nothing I've seen in which David Krejci himself has said, I'll be back. I want to come back next year. He certainly didn't actually retire. He's leaving the door open. But to me, that's crazy. Like, is it like one year I feel better than maybe try to do one last year in the NHL before I retire? Or maybe he goes there, he really loves it and decides to like officially retire, you know, I but of the two, I agree with you. There's no way we're going to see both of these players. We're just, we don't salary cap wise now that we've locked into these other players. Like I said, you get a three for three, and you get a three for yeah. three, and you get a three, three for three. And then having to sign Charlie McAvoy and stuff. Um, that being said, I do, it, I also think with goal goaltenders warrant more money off the, like just they do because they're fewer and far between than a center, right? But like we said last week, you know, there's a difference between like a Chara and a David Krejci. Creechie. David Krejci is still a viable player and he chose to go home to play for a season. He's not still going on where we might say about Zedano, like you're a fucking warrior guy, but obviously like it's getting hard to keep up. You know what I mean? David Krejci hasn't had a hard time keeping up. <laughs> I mean, and he's kept up despite of whatever might be going on around him. You know, he's had his moments and not his moments, but like you said, On average, pretty solid. So that's why I don't get the Krejci hate. Like, how can you hate David Krejci? He's literally one of the best point-producing Bruins of all time. And that's fine. You can hate him. Again, again, we're all just fans. I keep the reality. We're just fans. My humble opinion is it seems stupid to hate him, okay, in the same way I don't understand I understand if you don't like Tuca Rest, but I don't understand hating him. Like if you look at his numbers and what he's actually done for you, same thing. So the hate that's going on in Creechie is ridiculous too. And I love David Creechie. You know that there are few people that are going to equal how much I fucking love this dude. So, but I also think it's kind of, um, short sighted to say, there's no chance you might see David Creechie again. Like I said, I feel like maybe the Tuka ship has sailed no matter how it came to pass, but I can see not like really, really, I want this to happen. But I also think it's weird to be like, that would be the worst thing. Like some people are talking, do you know what I mean? Like some people are like, the worst thing that would happen is they gave the David Krejci $2 million to play one more season. Like that is not the worst thing that could happen to your team. Like it's not. So Do
2: you, do you believe that the Boston, I, I meant to ask uh, Andrew Taverna when he was our guest last week. Do you believe that the Bruins Asked david to hold his like um goodbye letter to say for now goodbye for now letter um until taylor hall was signed
0: no i think that creche is creche is one thing about david creche is he's not really a player he's a very european player they don't they're not as reserved as as like american and canadian players are who kind of taught like you know, well, you know, we're good. We win some, we win yep. some, we lose as a team. We win. That's not European players. Like European players will throw each other under the bus. They'll like, whatever. So I feel like if Krejci really was all, like he was retiring, he would have just said that. Yeah. So for me, and even just his own demeanor is kind of, been he's on the fence. He doesn't, you know, like he misses home and, but he still like, he wants to play. So I don't think it was like the organization asked him to like, hold off, you know, Taylor, like, I don't think there was some kind of conspiracy, like, cause even Taylor Hall said like, he loves playing. He loved playing with David Krejci, but that wasn't the deciding factor on whether he would sign with the Bruins or not. So it seems that would be kind of weird. And just kind of David as a person, I feel like he said it in his letter. Do you know what I mean? Like um, goodbye, not forever, you know, whatever that means. It could be he comes back and we see him retire at the end of this year and officially retire. So, but I, I don't think that it was like a way of like the front office trying to manipulate. Although I can see why it looks that way. Do you know what I mean? Uh, Like,
2: I mean, the timing, if you think about it, it's just, you know, Taylor Hall signs and all of a sudden uh, within a matter of days, the crazy news comes out. So well, we I mean, it actually wouldn't. It. it actually wouldn't surprise me to drop news of like, um, what they fired. What did they do a couple of years ago? They fired Claude Julian during
0: the Patriots parade. Yeah, it was like the sixth of February. <laughs> it was like the parade or something, and at noon time, they're like, "And Bruce Cassidy is now the thing, and yeah. we are not taking any questions yeah. at this time." What the hell? <laughs> There's just like all these drunk Patriots fans. You know, at government center getting text and whatever, (laughs) Instagram updates of just like Claude packing his bag. See, that was-
2: Bruins being Bruins.
0: Well, yeah. And that, like I said, I've kind of lost, I haven't lost faith in the front office, but I also feel like you're talking out both sides of your ass at times. So I don't know what to believe with what's being said, but I- Like, I don't feel like Krejci was like, oh, I'm going to really dick with Don Sweeney because he knows he's going to give me a little money. I'm just going to make sure. I feel like the Bruins held off sending the letter out, not that Krejci delayed in giving the letter. Like, I do believe they knew Krejci was not coming back at least this season. You know, like he was... UFA started and there was no way he was signing this year. I do think they had to have known because like you said, the timing like, oh, suddenly three days later, he made the decision. No, because you almost feel like if that was the case, he would have made the decision before Taylor Hall signed. Like you feel like that would influence him a little bit more to stay if he indeed was going to have a solidified left wing to play with instead of having to go through another season of now I got to train everybody and their mother and hope they do something. That's a good question, Mark. That befuddled me a little. I hope that that wasn't a ranty one, but just. um, I am confused, though, about the like. Some people like, this is the worst thing that could happen. David, whatever. Listen to me. If David Krejci comes back, it is not going to be because he's cock blocking, excuse my language, one of the kids in Providence. It will be because the Bruins feel their best option would still be. And better than going to find out somebody it's better to maybe hire someone who's already been in your system for 14 years. That might be able to walk back in. That's also,
2: and, and his return is premises on if he can, he's got to go through waivers. So the way, the way I, I hear it is if the Bruins want to bring him back and he wants to come back, there's a contract that's signed, but that contract is now on hold for 24 hours or 48 hours, something like that. As he goes through the waiver process where any team can pick him up or, it's a priority, I guess. Yeah. So you're on like a priority list So like, you know, I don't know how it works. It's like a revolving list that, you know, you might, you might have the highest priority, but the next time you want to wave a pickup, you're not on the top of the list. Something like that. Yeah. I, I, I could be wrong.
0: Yeah. Sometimes though, with certain players, you kind of feel like there's a, um, it's kind of like the offer sheet. There's this unwritten rule. It's kind of like a respect thing. Like, so if someone like David Krejci, who has been affiliated with the one team his whole career, pops back in, you almost feel like there might be an unwritten rule thing of like letting them go through waivers and see if their initial team was going to go in, you know. Not yeah. because it wouldn't, I would think that you would think it, he'd be a hot commodity, but it's almost like you wonder if that's one of those old rules that kind of, he was a UFA, then he went home, you know, is he going to settle with the Bruins? And then it'll be fair game, regardless of wavering. But I don't know, we'll see. But like I said, I haven't seen David Krejci indicate that he was necessarily giving up the NHL or made a decision about that either way. So, but we need something to be dramatic about. And it is, again, the off season and the dead season between the initial few weeks of free agency and whatnot. And when training camp start, which hopefully we'll know when that is soon probably even this week right because it's probably what mid-september it starts up by yeah. mid-september and everyone starts coming home around first week of september everyone pops in but we'll talk about the nhl protocols coming like that's what we'll wrap up with, with yeah. that topic but we do have something else in between that the main mariners have appointed uh is it galette
2: no it's ben gite
0: Gitae, see, Jesus, Gita. I didn't even murder that one. Go yeah,
2: ahead. He's a um, he's, he's, uh, new uh, Maine Mariners head coach. He was the assistant coach at the University of Maine, so very familiar with Jeremy Swayman and Edward trailmox and, um, and others. Um, but uh, great hire. Um, Riley Armstrong um, was hired as the uh, head coach or assistant coach. I think it was the assistant coach of the lehigh valley phantom so it left the um you know it, that's higher up league in the american hockey league um and uh gite comes in as a as a new east coast hockey league coach first year so uh big expectations from him uh and he was he was at development camp to get an idea of the organization and so on uh, ben was a former player i uh, i think he has a game or a couple of games in the nhl mostly, um, uh, minor pro, uh, career. He played in Providence. So, um, a good hire, a, a good character guy. I think he's going to, um, you know, do well with, if the, if some prospects do end up going down to the East coast hockey league. And, um, if you look at, uh, puck right now, there's 45 of 50 max contracts on the, um, on the, uh, on their salary cap thing. So there's a good belief that the Boston Berwins are going to go out and probably pick up uh, some um, free agent college players that they want to keep an eye on and possibly um, sign them to play in the, uh, in, in Maine. So uh, you could see five players being there full time, which is really good for that level. And, uh, and you, I think it's a, a great way to better utilize your minor pro system because in the past, uh, with um, with uh, Atlanta and Jacksonville and so on, and even South Carolina, the Stingrays and the East Coast Hockey League, where the Boston Bruins did have their minor pro, uh, their double A minor pro affiliate, you didn't really see a lot of Bruins prospects. I mean, I mean like um, Kyle Kaiser and Dan Vladar. It's two separate uh, occasions that there'd be one player down there doing the job, and it was mostly the goalie. Well, and and then you'd see like players like Jesse Gabriel and Eunukapan and go down, but it wasn't like a lot of uh, Bruins prospects or Bruins players were down there. So I think this is going to increase that, um, you know, uh, player under contract type of thing down up in, um down in Maine. Oh, up in Maine. Yeah, actually no. <laughs> but, um, yeah, but it, I think that if you do have more of those contracted players on a team like that, you're going to get more of a draw from fans, more season ticket uh, sales and so on. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it's going to be a good thing. So uh, Ben's a really good coach. Um, he's He was um, he was with, um, oh, I can't remember his name now, the coach that passed away from a heart attack. I can't remember. Red? Red yeah. Is it Red Baronson? No. I can't remember off the top of my head Gen- I'm sorry. Is it Oh, Gendron. Red Gendron. Yeah. And um I probably I I probably got the I, red wrong.
0: I'm no, it I it is Gendron. I'm sorry. I am having a Sunday brain as you know. I'm not really that helpful to you today. I apologize. So anyway, for those who are listening. So anyway,
2: um yeah, uh I think it's Gendron. So he's got a really good um you know, work ethic and so on. And he learned from uh, some really good uh, coaches in the past. So um, I even think he it was, uh, he went to school with, when Sean Walsh was, uh, was coaching there and he passed away of cancer a long time ago. So um, it's going to be a great challenge for him and, and start his uh, is his coaching career. So I'm looking forward to hopefully interviewing him. If we get the uh, media creds up at the uh, main Mariners in Portland, Maine.
0: All right. Well, I mean, I do, you know, like I said to you before, I do think it'll help increase revenues for the lower leagues. If you have more people that you're more invested in, you know? Yeah. Uh, because especially at that level, we don't have too many people that really, uh, and we, like you said, overall it's the proximity. So they're getting a new things. Um, They're, It'll be interesting. There's been a lot of changes. This is gonna be an interesting new look for the Bruins this season. We've got three levels of uh <clears throat> New England oh. hockey going on. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> and uh I'm excited. Drawing a lot of our prospects are playing in hockey east, so uh, you know, in our drafty e- or whatever their actual titles are, they know they yep. all have their own categories. Uh, you know, we'll be local. It'll be easier for them to keep an eye on. And uh yeah, I mean. This is it, right? Like I said, uh, but this year has to either be stuck really seeing if we can go all in and how it's constructed or burn the damn house down, you know, from (laughs) top to bottom, but it'll just, even for call-ups and stuff, it's going to be nice to have, hopefully they can put some of their players there, but if anything, maybe they can figure out a way to just incorporate the association together. You know, sometimes it's just a marketing thing that you need, not even so much the, you know. I mean, if they did alumni day or something, you know what I mean? And had yeah. former players come even to people who played for the black bears and whoever. Uh, but anyways, that's that. Uh, so lots of coaching news in the system this week, uh, and appointments to front offices and such. I'm looking at you, Adam McQuaid. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> I butchered your name too, sir. I, I don't know what is wrong with me. I am usually pretty good with names, but today I couldn't even say it's it. all right. It's no, Sunday. I, Oh my god Let, Let's wrap this, get close to wrapping this up because I, I I can't make this much more of an editing nightmare for Mark if I try. <laughs> um, so the NHL announced that all, play, all players and personnel are going to be required to be vaccinated. This is why LaSalle wasn't at training camp, right? Because he wasn't vaccinated or something like that. That was uh, before I, this came I, up, but that was one of the things someone said that was partly why he couldn't travel or something.
2: I heard it was a prior commitment.
0: Yeah, I, I didn't, hear, I I, I, I didn't commitment.
2: hear anything about anything like that. I think it was because development camp was a, a, um, so far ahead and not when it's normally happening in late June, early July.
0: Well, I think, I had he, heard that I that I think he had right a
2: team up. he was playing for.
0: That's neither here nor there for the traveling purposes, but This year, anybody, this is what the NHL, I think this was like, this is quoted from, I believe, an Elliot Friedman tweet or whatever. But the wording is, any person whose job, role, position, or access entails or entitles them to have personal interactions within 12 feet of any club hockey operation personnel, including players, are required to be fully vaccinated. So we are talking thousands of people, right? So not just the players, not just the people on the bench, anybody. So that means anybody in the buildings that might be bringing the water bottles back and forth, you know, uh bringing the snack trays into the warm-up rooms, whatever is going on. Um this is interesting, right? Like how What do you like? So until you show your proof of vaccination, you're not even probably allowed in facilities. I would assume. I don't know this to be true. They didn't really give out as the NHL does not all the details, but just a little enough of them. Uh, Testing protocols and stuff are going to be amped up. In spite of that, too, which they're doing a lot of travel this year, that makes sense. Like, how are we going to implement? How are they going to implement that? So I just wanted to bring this up to you, Mark. I'm someone who does not feel. This is stupid because I'm vaccinated. And I think it's silly. Part of the privilege of living in a first world nation is you have access to medicines that can make things better. That being said, in your personal life, I don't think any in your private life, nobody should be able to make you do anything. But I also think that private companies have every right to just like when I was a teacher, the school district could tell me what to do. And your company can tell you the as yeah. their employee, even though you get to be Mark Ared when you leave or I get to be Heather when I leave. I do think it's interesting that unlike some of the other sports, the NHL is going all in from the get-go. Of no, get vaccinated. Like we're not going to be part yeah. of the problem, and we don't want to have you know.
2: Well, this this definitely when you talk about logistics about this and and what's what's happening. Um, a very interesting article in the Athletic written by um, Michael Russo and Katie Strang, both fantastic um, hockey writers, and highly recommend that you get a a. Um, a subscription to the athletic and and read these guys but uh this they, they said during a call last uh during a call that lasted more than an hour last week nhl players were strongly encouraged by the nhl players association to get fully vaccinated and warned about potential loss of pay during the upcoming season if they do not do so the nhlpa discussed the potential of teams to withhold paychecks should an unvaccinated player contact contract COVID-19 or if an unvaccinated player can't accompany his team on road trips where local or federal authorities require vaccinations to enter. On Monday of last week, the Canadian government opened the border to Americans or, uh, or Canadians living in the United States as long as they've been fully vaccinated for 14 days and show proof of a negative test within a result within 72 hours of their arrival. The NHL right now is 85% fully vaccinated. And for the, for the ones that don't want it, they could be uh, pushed to get it for their job. Like you mentioned earlier. And, um, um yeah it's uh NHL deputy commissioner bill daly confirmed north of 85% of NHL players are vaccinated uh like the WNBA is a 99% vaccination rate the NFL NFL has a 90% uh major league baseball would they have an 85% so it to get these teams going i mean to get these leagues and so on running uh you know in the accordance of uh, each province and, and, and uh, border, whatever. Um, I think it's got to be done, but we we can't force people to do what if they don't want to do, if they want to lose money, then that's up to them. But I think this is going to be a very tough thing to move forward on um, with, uh, with the, the variant and all this other crap that's coming around. I can't, I really can't take another one of these um, because I don't know the way things are freaking going right now. I would hate to see the loss of um, no fans in the stands again.
0: Yeah. I think it would well, be
2: terrib- terrible for the league. And I, this this could absolutely cripple the league if it happens. And that TV deal.
0: Well, I was it the Jets? They came out as an organization and said, well, like some of the provinces and some venues I've seen in the States for concerts and stuff. Sorry, again, my brain have already come out and some venues are saying you don't get to come to, unless you can show proof of vaccination, you don't get to come to the event. And if you don't like it, then you can't come to the event. Um, Maybe part of that's in conjunction with the sports organizations. Obviously a lot of venues are sports stadium, but there are a lot of places people go for large mass gatherings for uh concerts and such that this venues themselves as private entities are saying you don't get to come here so that would mean you know their employees are being you have to vaccinate you know those are really high numbers and that's great and again i'm just a weird person like it just seems nonsensical to me unless you have a medical or a a religious objection to not getting a perfectly reasonable it took me 15 minutes of my life kind of situation yeah but i I think that the NHL was careful to make, they can't really mandate it without it being signed on with the players association. Right. So they kind of left it for the teams themselves or the venues in which the teams play for to force these people to get vaccinated, you know, without so much as doing something that's kind of smart. That's legalese. I think, you know, when they use their big lawyer brains to write something up that also seems conflicting, right? They're like, you have to be vaccinated, but there'll be consequences, but that's what the NFL did. They're like, okay, you don't get vaccinated, but just so you know, these are the repercussions. If you contract COVID, you spread it, you do whatever uh, and make your own decisions on that. I've got a a key player on my football team. I love so much. That's just been very, just super vocal about the UK. It just seems like, okay, that's the hill. Like people want, I want to respect everyone's right. But part of living in a free society is knowing when just conform because that's how we all remain that's part of the rules right we all agree that murder is wrong we might have varying degrees of what murder means but we all agree generally it's not okay just to kill somebody right it's how you have a free society is everyone buying in to the sensical rules i understand this. a lot of shit we can't ignore go
2: ahead a couple of points that i want to bring up in this article again is is one player says it's about 80 percent of guys um 80% of guys think we should all be vaccinated and the 20% are like, no, this is stupid. We shouldn't have to. I, Which I guess we are all entitled on our own opinion. One player on a Canadian team said, but when guys start being told they may mispay, they are starting to change their tune. Mm. When you're talking about government and lawyers, stuff like that, at least one player on a call uh, broached the idea of national interest exemptions uh, for entry into... Canada for NHL players, national interest um, exemptions, and modifications of rules and protocols. Um, but the NHLPA did not express confidence that such an uh, exemption would be granted, particularly because Canada is becoming more stringent about the border travel, not less. In fact, uh, amongst the series of tweets Friday, Canada's prime minister, Justin Trudeau, said by the end of October in 2021, Canada will require commercial air travelers to all be vaccinated.
0: And ferries, anything else. So if you want to take the cat up to Nova Scotia or whatever, you, you're you going to have to have proof of vaccination yep. when you get to Halifax kind of thing. And uh, trains, if you take the train to yep. Toronto, or Amtrak or whatever. My last
2: point. Think. My last point about this article is uh, even though, even though NHL teams fly into Canada on chartered aircraft, the NHLPA is preparing its unvaccinated players for the potential that they may not be permitted to accompany their team into the country if the government won't allow them in, and if that if that's eventually the case, it's like they would have their salaries withheld for the time they're away from their teams. Yeah. So interesting shit going forward. Um yeah, I hate this sh- I hate this that's an
0: that's an interesting point though about like just the unique situation of I mean I guess MLB does, but they don't they only have like the Toronto, right? Same thing in basketball. You know, you just have the one team that's traveling. It's a little easier to track trace or whatever the one organization. Yeah as opposed to six or seven, you know what I mean? And uh, even just the ones that are near the border. Um, but I mean, the Canadian government, I mean, people have been, the states have been very varied on how we did. I know people, I'm like, dude, we were on lockdown, but like I have not, and I'm someone again, who really loves my right, my freedoms and rights, but I have not, I felt more oppressed about stupid disease than I did about how my government made me not be able to function you know I mean they're logistic there but I got to go out for walks I still got to the grocery store you know like whatever yeah. I did it wasn't like I was stuck in my house I was not like quarantined to the point like I it it sucks you couldn't hang out in large groups whatever but everyone was being cautious but the Canadian government has been pretty locked down in all the provinces most of the time where things in the States have been opening back up and closing back up. Like they've been just kind of locked down. Like, I, I mean, I don't know. I'm not there. Obviously we're on this side of the border, but I've seen things on Twitter. I have seen videos of like people walking dogs and too many people together that are getting like in trouble or into houses for gatherings. I know that's happened in several places. Like in California, they would shut off the electricity if you were having a house party. So you'd have to clear it out. I understand that, but It's like you said, the the great thing about free enterprise is you're right. You don't have to get vaccinated, but I'm the Toronto Maple Leafs and I don't have to pay you your $175,000 for the one day's pay today. Do I No, I don't, you know, kind of thing. So if that's what it takes, because I do all day do believe though, employers have the right because you choose to have the, I know everybody needs a job, but on some level, you enter you enter an agreement when you get employed that you will follow by the rules set forth by the company. You, I mean, you commented yourself on you, the podcast thing from your company, right? But you're not an asshole to the point, you know, like you can be mad about it, but you also know that's your company policy and you're not the person who's going to die on the hill. Podcasts are no radio. So everyone's <laughs> all sitting in silence, right? I mean, that's not the platform you're going to. Same thing. I feel like, If 80% of the people in your company are looking at you like, come on, mother, get, come on, like, get, again, if there's a religious exemption or you can't health-wise, that's a different situation. But just (laughs) because, like, if it's the attitude of, I don't know, I'm just, like, making up scenarios. I keep hearing people say why they not, the government can't make me do anything. Well- that's not true. The Canadian government can very well not let you in their country if you're not yeah. vaccinated. So even if in your own mind that might not be true, what does that say? European players, cool. You don't even. We don't know. The United States isn't going to say if you come from outside the country. I don't. You know what? We don't really have anything in place yet that has been announced. But you know that's coming. Whatever. Like I said, I don't know what a vaccine passport is. Isn't that why I have my CDC card? Like, I'm so, yeah. isn't that supposed to be proof of vaccination? But like they. Travel-wise, but already airline companies are like, you can't get on if you're not vaccinated on international flights. So players are going to have to make a decision. Is it, I would think that it, you'd end up saying, I'd rather have my money than, you know, I, mean, it, it, I just can't imagine an objection a player has. I don't know what that ethnicity, whatever, I'm not Canadian. So I don't know what that rule is for exemption, what the wording is about your ethnic or something you said, country no. something. But it seems to me that'd be a hard sell, right? Like you yeah. need to. It's like saying I'm a refugee. Well, that's cool. You need to actually prove you're a refugee or show like you can't just say I'm a pastafarian and we object to sharp objects or whatever. Like that's not a reason for Canada to let you in. Sorry.
2: I just thought it was interesting the the, the article and the, some of the points that I I read out. It's just you know moving forward, it's it's going to be a challenge. Like everything is around here these days. So. And hopefully it gets, cost. Yeah, testing, hopefully it gets worked
0: out. Things like that. I'm wondering if the NHL, if that's the stance, if there isn't, shouldn't there be in place then um, some kind of like setting. Remember we talked about last year, like maybe that some athletes would get priority to get vaccines, which is yeah. not what the NHL is shooting for. But now that we have more vaccine access to everybody, right? There's... Right. Everyone over the age of 12, at least in this country, and I'm pretty sure Canada too, if you can have access to it, can receive it. How is the NHL going to – so say you are someone who – is it going to be on them or is the team going to maybe, the medical personnel, like be able to set up, all right, all the Northeast players, tests are happening, we'll be in New York for people, for the Devils and Philly and whoever on this day – Boston, Montreal, you know, you guys were going to be in Concord, New Hampshire. I'll meet up there, whatever it is, like to be able to provide maybe center, you know, what are they? Sites, you know what I mean? For players to like, all right, so these five people on Toronto aren't vaccinated, but they would, they've decided they're going to not take the risk about their money and their health. And how do we get them those five doses? I, I mean, maybe with the local hospitals i don't know why i'm so when i'm sorry
2: no it's all right all right let's get off this topic now
0: well that Um, is the last topic my friend so awesome again not really a lot of things to look at we're just looking forward hopefully we can get uh training camp in um and when ivy do we get the dates for like prospect challenge or that still we're not quite sure i don't know
2: exactly when that is going to be so yeah i haven't seen
0: that out but um preseason starts the 25th of September uh you know and then we open up on the 16th so do the Providence Bruins and don't forget that the Pride open up on November 6th uh somewhere in between here and there will also be college hockey starting back up again that's usually in October-ish too and um we're looking like we're going to have more normal hockey season this year right no no more bubbles necessarily no more testing, but it is, it is scary with all the variants coming out. So I just hope that everyone can stay safe, fans, players, personnel, people within 12 feet alike or whatever it is. Um, Don't forget if you wanted to maybe go to that Corey Griffin foundation comedy night, that's coming up on the 26th. Uh, Go to the Corey Griffin foundation where we know that there'll be some bees alum and Tom and Jilly will be there and stuff like that. Keep tweeting, hashtag Willie for the gold. Hopefully he gets that. And um, we haven't mentioned it in a while, but um, I think I might retweet it though. Uh, we haven't given up on Herb Kane and his drive to try and get into the Hockey Hall of Fame. So again, I, I'm going to retweet maybe something from theirs or one that we had put out before. But that's all I got before you get into the Patreon's rate review, blah, 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 blah. Sorry, yeah. I apologize. Inga will be a better Inga next week, okay? We're working on it every third week. And this is my third week, so I'm off my target today. So. Sorry.
2: All right. Let's get into the Patreon stuff because this is exciting. This is the Jersey giveaway day. So uh, a lucky um, financial supporter that went to the details below uh, for the YouTube video um, viewers and the audio listeners. That's patreon.com slash black and gold hockey podcast. Please go there and donate just $1 per episode. You really help us. Uh, small media company um you know help pay the bills to produce uh all this uh video and audio content the website and hosting um uh everything it costs money to do and we appreciate the uh the contributions that we have but in turn we take half of that contribution and we put it back into you guys the financial supporters so there's a there's a, a Bruins related prize every week and a jersey giveaway once a month and we try to pick uh, the middle of the month to uh, to do this. So uh, the uh, regular Boston Bruins related prize goes to my boy Hollis Jackson. Congratulations to Hollis. And the let me get it, let me get it out of here. The hand signed Derek Sanderson. It's beautiful. It is. It's awesome. And it's all it's all stitched. It's really nice jersey. This bad boy is going out to California. It's going to Mr. Mark Balboni. Mark, Yay. congratulations, my friend. New uh, head coach thanks.
0: of the San Jose Sharks, if you saw yeah. his tweet.
2: Yeah, no kidding. Uh Thank you for your three dollar um uh, a episode contribution. We certainly appreciate you, my friend. You, um, but uh yeah, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, I think he's going to enjoy that. It was kind of cool when I did the wheel or winner, and uh, and his name came up. So I think he's mm-hmm. going to be pumped. So, uh, and, and Hollis too. Hollis is a great guy. He got a new job, but left the uh, left the um, the lawyer uh job kind of thing. Uh, you know the firm want to call it and uh went into uh college sports i believe he's in south carolina now so he goes from alabama to south carolina so he's, he's no matter where awesome. he goes the barbecue is amazing
0: <laughs> i was gonna say he and he's been a long time of you too oh, yes. i know there have been many times yeah. over the years that hollis's name has come up uh i remember this for two reasons one Hollis is a town here, but I don't know any Holl- names, Hollis. And yeah. two, you don't often find a hockey fan that deep in the <laughs> Exactly. Like, just kidding. That's a growing well, phenomenon, originally, though, right? He's originally
2: from the, uh I believe, Massachusetts, New England area. Yeah, I know. But in just North like town.
0: Alabama, like I remember like, you know, Hollis who lives in Alabama. It's like, yeah. Alabama. The yeah. fans are everywhere. <laughs> you can't get away from these. Um, I also just want to say thank you for people listening and supporting um, The podcast on the network, Um, I'm anal and I'm always looking at the charts, even though it's just like always changing. And I know it doesn't really mean anything, but not just us, uh, but other podcasts from the Black and Gold Network uh, that are in conjunction with Black and Gold Productions. Uh, Lindroth podcast is killing it in the UK. Yeah, uh, no kidding. Even this morning, I looked and I saw us be high, pop, you know, yep. in and out, so Thank you for supporting all of the podcasts. We appreciate it for us, but I just want to say we appreciate you all for also listening and supporting the other podcasts that are associated with the B&G family because I love listening to our podcasts. Like yeah. what I said to you last week, I was like, Ugh, half of the podcasts I listen to about the Bruins are our podcasts. That's how awesome they are. Our
2: podcast network has 11 shows now and it's growing. So if any listeners or viewers out there would like to start a show individually or with a group of uh friends as long as it's boston bruins related no matter what level of the organization it's welcome here uh reach out um black and gold productions llc at gmail.com and uh, if you want to write for us we we're, we're accepting all writers as we gear up for the new 20 21 22 season so we have uh writing availability uh at all levels um of the organization as well so uh, we have a nice little family here. We put out some decent content, and we we have a lot of fun. That's the big the biggest part about it is it is a fun thing to do. I like sitting here, you um, talking to my friend Heather about something that we're so passionate about, and it's great to have a great complementary team at BNG. Of we have like twenty five writers and the podcasters. We have a over I think we have about forty members. It, when you when you think about it between writers and in uh, the podcast uh, network. So it's uh, anyway, it's a lot of fun.
0: You mentioned uh, Park Lines putting out their YouTube channel. Yes. We also have other digital content out there. Yep.
2: And the, uh, bee, the in- Beehive Pod, the Beehive Pod with mm-hmm. Brett Howard and uh, Kevin O'Keefe. They yep. they are going to be diving into the YouTube video content as well, which is going to be fantastic. So it, we're just growing and, and it's awesome. We're getting some really good uh supporting members that really drive the bus here at BNG and I and I absolutely love it. So and, and check we're out growing the, right yeah new, check out new their podcast website.
0: starting this week or something like that. Yeah.
2: Uh uh the halts on hockey. Yeah. So that's a new one. Uh, all three brothers. And I think they all play hockey and they're just they diehard fans. So it's really cool. So um, go
0: serve, subscribe, rate and review all of them bump up BNG family.
2: Yes. Yes, ma'am. All right. With that being said, uh, thank you everybody for the support. truly appreciate it. We can't get enough of you guys, the retweets, the shares, the, the compliments, the, um, you know, the, the financial support you guys are all amazing. We truly appreciate it. And, um, we, we thank you for that. Cause we, we can't do this without, uh, your participation in, uh, listening and seeing, uh, so, um, I'm host Mark Allred, and we—that's Heather Ingerson. Sorry, Heather, I almost cut you right off there. That's fine. Um, but uh, it has been a Sunday, and I—it's and been a good one. It's—it's it's hot, but it's at least it's sunny and bright out. And I'm going to sit here and edit this and get it out as soon as possible. But um, truly appreciate the effort that Heather brings in all the time, and um, and everybody else. You guys are. Amazing. It was
0: messy today, but thank you.
2: Well, I wanted to say something nice because I know you're gonna tear my head off later.
0: <laughs> oh, no, I'm like a I'm a show. I don't, can't kidding. believe you tolerated me this long. And if no. you guys are still listening, thank you for tolerating me this
2: <laughs> yeah. long. Yeah, we we love the heather. All right, guys, take care. Peace out, be safe. Get vaccinated, whatever you gotta do. Let's let's get some hockey. Let's go. We'll see you next week. We're gonna get some more uh, topics to talk about. So um we'll we'll have a we'll have a day then. But uh, until then, peace out.
0: Peace out. Thanks again for listening to and supporting the Black and Gold Hockey podcast. Please share the show with your friends and family, and don't forget to subscribe to and leave a five star rating for the show on your favorite podcast platforms such as Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Between shows, help us keep the Bruins talk going by visiting our website, blackandgoldhockey.com, by sending an email to blackandgoldhockey.com blog at gmail.com and by following the show on twitter at black and gold pot peace out